0: Plus. hello this is justin williams with the Wolfpacker podcast i'm joined today as always by editor of the wolfpacker.com and fellow co-host matt carter it's been a while i missed seeing matt carter's face we've taken a little spring break here if you will now that uh, basketball season officially ended over a month ago uh you know matt's uh heavy on the recruiting trail. He's got plenty of things to do on a daily basis, but we are back together for a podcast here in mid-May. Hopefully we'll be doing some more, a little bit more regularly here throughout the summer, especially leading up to what should be an exciting football season for the NC State Wolfpack. But before we get into our topics today, quick reminders, uh, you can always follow us uh, on wherever you listen to podcasts apple podcasts spotify google play so please subscribe rate and review this podcast wherever you listen to us Uh, you can always watch us on youtube as well so please subscribe to the youtube channel the wolfpacker youtube channel give this video a thumbs up and drop a comment while you're at it and last reminder if you want to be in touch with everything nc state athletics you need to be a member of the wolfpacker.com and that is a part of the on three network on three network has a great deal going on for just a dollar you can get a year's worth of premium subscription to the and the on three network for just a dollar just a dollar so head over to the wolfpacker.com right now as we know it's a crazy time in college sports there's never there's never a slow day it might be summer but i mean in the age of nil and when you get recruiting going, you got the transfer portal, which we're going to be talking about in this podcast. There is always things to stay on top of when it relates to NC State. So head over to the Wolfpacker.com and take advantage of that deal. Just a dollar takes you through next May. So can't beat it. Anyways, Matt, let's. Uh, I know we want to talk about some football because I'm excited about football. You're excited about football. I think all of Wolfpack Nation is excited about football coming back. This fall, but I think the bigger news story for right now, and I promise you, we are going to get to football. But we got to talk about NC State men's basketball's new look roster going into next season because they've gotten four pickups out of the transfer portal since we've last talked. Uh, Again, full disclosure: don't know a lot of a lot about these guys because. They're all new. I mean, they're not people that we've been following on the recruiting trail for years. It's it's the new era of college basketball. Matt Carter, he's on top of the beat as close as anybody. And he's seeing these names pop up, you know, on NC State's radar, probably about a week before they end up making their decision to go. But let me just list off the names here. Uh, the most recent... To commit to the Wolfpack is uh, a big man, Winthrop post player D.J. Burns Jr. He was the Big South Conference Player of the Year last year. That seems encouraging. Uh, we're gonna go. We're gonna go backwards in chronological order here. So the the third guy to commit uh, in the silly season, as Matt Carter likes to call it, is a forward from Utah. Now remember, N.C. State's had some luck in the transfer portal from Utah. You'll remember a guy by the name of Devin Daniels. Was a transfer from Utah. This guy's name is Dusan Maharić, and if I butchered that, I apologize to <laughs> Dusan. Uh, but you know what? I think I probably did a better job than Matt Carter did on his first take. What, what, what Matt? You want to give it a crack? What's his name?
1: I was gonna say Dusan Mahorsik. Mahorsik.
0: Yeah, I don't know. He's Serbian, so I kind of, I kind of think it's like. Maharić, I I don't know. I, I, we're going to need the pronunciation guide. Dusan, we're sorry if you're listening to this. Welcome to Raleigh. Uh, welcome to the Wolfpack. We're sorry for butchering your name and we will get a pronunciation guide before our next podcast and we will get that name right. Um, But you know what? If if he's, you know, same native country as, as, as Luka Doncic who is just absolutely balling out in the NBA right now, you know there's a lot of talent coming from Serbia in recent years going on to the NBA, so maybe uh, maybe this dude can hoop. He, I mean, he's got the stats, he had uh, you know decent role numbers over there at Utah, coming from another Power Five program, is going to add some size. Was he about six nine, six ten, big guy? Uh, one of the most intriguing of this class, Ole Miss senior guard and the leading scorer for the Rebels last year, Jarkel Joiner, coming to Raleigh, and also. LaSalle forward slash guard Jack Clark. He was the first to announce his commitment to NC State out of the transfer portal. So a lot of information dumped there for our listeners. But Matt, let's just take a stab at this thing and and, and go from there. Who are you most excited about of these transfers? Who do you think can come in and make the most immediate impact and you know potentially be a leading scorer or close to you know play starter type minutes on this team out of the out of those four guys.
1: I think both you have to look at the opportunity, and you know we also probably mentioned there are a few guys that transferred out: Cam Hayes and Jalen Gibson and Manny Bates. And what those guys leaving means is, for instance, with Cam Hayes gone. Yeah, you're basically down to Bouillon, Pass and LJ Thomas as your point guard option. So Jarkel joining, probably not classically considered a point guard. But you have to look at this as the guy you might be rolling with as your starting point guard next year. um, Interestingly about Joyner, that's intriguing is, yeah, he was all Mrs. leading score. Um, to be, you know, full disclosure, completely balanced and fair and all that stuff. Um. Ole Miss didn't necessarily have a great season last year, but he was their leading score. But if you were to look at the analytics, they would suggest he's also a very good defensive player, um, which, you know, if you're looking at, you know, depending on what Quavion Smith does, if you're looking at a backcourt of Jarkel Joyner and Casey Morsell, you think he might have a pretty good defensive backcourt on the perimeter. Um. Yeah. So he's probably one that intrigued me the most. I think fans may be a little bit most excited about DJ Bones Jr., as you mentioned, Big South player of the year, despite only playing 20 minutes a game, um, which is pretty impressive. Uh, Average, I think, 15 and 5, shot, shot over 60%. I mean, the guy is a very skilled, gifted offensive performer. Uh, he proved it against the Power 5 teams he played last year. he averaged, They played four games against Power 5 teams. He averaged 16 points and shot 60% in those four games. So the big question is, why is he only playing at Winthrop 20 minutes a game if he's clearly one of their best players? And you know, you got The guy's listed at 6'9", 275. I've been led to believe that 275, while wow, on the mark, may have been a tad bit generous. Um, I've also heard that he's already, showing a pretty good commitment this offseason, to slimming down quite a bit. Uh, he's already lost a chunk of weight. You know, and I think that's the key for DJ Bones. I mean, if, if, you, if you can get DJ Bones to under 250 uh, by the time the season starts, maybe even under 240, you know, I'm at 235ers to go with his skill and his ability to score, and he can stay on the court. Um, And then you might have, you have a legitimate low post score. Um, The other two, I think more, you know, we'll have to see. You know, Jack Clark was productive at LaSalle. Um, You know, long background in basketball. He's a good size for a wing at 6'8". So there's some intrigue there. and more, we're going to say Dusign, so we don't keep us in his name Good but, call. Uh, yeah yeah he was a productive player illinois state uh well recruited when he came out of the transfer portal the first time had several power five options went to utah we don't know the story of what happened at utah um you know for whatever reason, it ended up with him being off the team. Uh, Numbers-wise, suggest he wasn't playing great, but he also wasn't playing extension minutes. I think he was averaging like 14 minutes a game. And in that 14 minutes, he was somewhat productive. If you were to extrapolate his averages, scoring and and extrapolate it to a 40-minute average, it would be pretty good numbers. And he's 6'10", and, and Bones is 6'9", and you have Ebenezer Dewana back at 6'10", 6'11". Uh, Ernest Walsh back, Greg Gantt, hopefully healthy. Uh, you know, and you, you don't worry about the low post as much, so... You know, I'll say this. Everybody's like, oh, go in the transfer porter. go in the transfer porter. go in the transfer porter. It's not as easy said, it's not as easy done as said. Um to make a roster in the transfer portal. Wake Forest got lucky, they hit the jackpot that a few guys were unbelievably better than anybody could have anticipated. But there've been times where the great Roy Williams brought in two very highly touted transfers. And if it wasn't for COVID-19, they weren't gonna make the NCAA tournament that year. Um, So it is A, a bit of a guessing game how things are gonna translate and B, still got to get the guys and everybody and their mother is shopping in the transfer portal now which makes it even more difficult and challenging so considering all of that i think you got to take kevin casey's done a pretty good job um i think this is the pretty pretty, as larry david would say pretty 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 good for uh for i've been binge watching your enthusiasm i don't know if you noticed but uh
0: great great show i mean if you want to show what's that
1: high quality writing
0: oh yeah i mean in terms of uh if you want it you know if something's depressing you or you've had a tough day you need to turn something on and just you need to get some laughs out loud that is that's up there it's a strong go to always delivers laughs at least at least to me it's totally my sense of humor uh but yeah pretty pretty good uh, Matt I, I'd say you know not an easy job that that Kevin Keats had on his hands this offseason it's not easy to basically rebuild an entire roster I mean when you when we talked about going into the transfer season or the silly season whatever you want to call it you know we talked about some of NC State's needs and what do we say well they they need point guard and they need some more post-death and they need a wing well that's pretty much, you know, the three major roles in college basketball. I mean, they, they had they had needs everywhere, and uh, it seems like, at least for now, that they've at least got one guy that meets all of those needs. Um, you know, with, with Burns, jumps out to me what you said, 16 points in 20 minutes. Yeah, if you can get that guy in shape and you can get him condition to play starter quality minutes in the ACC. Again, like you said, he he didn't struggle against the Power 5 opponents. It's not like his production dipped. I mean, if he can translate that type of efficiency and it doesn't have to be, you know, 100 to 100, but if he can get, you know, close to 70-80% of that production playing 30-35 minutes a night, I mean, that you know, that that's that's all ACC type numbers up there and of course the competition's going to increase in the ACC, but I mean, look around the rest of the league. There's turnover at all these schools, except for Carolina. I mean, that you know, UNC is a different conversation. They've got the bulk of, and and yeah, Virginia. okay, Virginia too, a team that wasn't good though. I mean, a, a team yeah. that you know, Fairport. yawn factor. I mean, Virginia basketball is already boring to watch, but if they're not going to make the NCAA tournament, then you know. Why are you watching? And and shout out to my coworker out here in San Francisco, Vern Glenn, proud Cavalier uh, graduate. But uh, but yeah, it, it, you know, I mean that you could say the same thing about NC State. When I saw all the hair pulling about you know what's going on with the program, all these all these people leaving, you've got you know coaching turnover, you've got player turnover. What I always come back to is. Do you really want the same supporting cast that that you put out on the floor last year? Because I think the best solution in this offseason was to unplug device and, and restart the computer. Because last season was not what any NC State fan in the world wanted to see. And sounds like it's it was it was time for a breath of fresh air. Bring in some new personnel, bring in some new assistant coaches and and, and see what can happen. And next season and in college basketball a game that is so random by the way i mean i'm out here watching golden state warriors last night down by 50 to the memphis grizzlies last night without John ja moran that's a team the golden state warriors a team with steph curry the best shooter to ever live clay thompson draymond green andrew wiggins that team playing another team without their best player down 50 sometimes basketball doesn't make sense sometimes it truly is just a game of makes and misses. So things can happen quickly. Change can happen quickly. And to be honest, in May, May 12th of 2022, I don't know what to expect from NC State basketball in 2022-2023. But there's only room for growth. So I, I've, I'm excited just in the sense to see this new personnel on the court. And, and last question here, Matt, while we're on the transfer topic. Where does NC State go from here? Should NC State fans be expecting any more names to pop out of the portal? What's the scholarship situation? And we're still waiting to figure out if Terquavion Smith is going to go to the draft or if he's going to end up coming back to college.
1: That's the big question. You know, De'Leon also in the draft, and I think it's widely, widely at this point. We've been hinting on the me of messy boyage. Uh, widely anticipated to stick with the NBA draft. Uh, I think the more likely scenario to come back is to Quavion Smith. And I quite frankly I think that one's a up in the air proposition at this point. Um, you know, that's a uh, that, that once you know that, then, then you know the scholarship situation. Assuming Sebron is gone. Then you had 11. You have to remember we, and State can only use 12 next year. Typically it's 13, but the Danny Smith case penalties coming down. Uh, one of the, probably the, the most major restriction was you lost a scholarship. Um, so you're down to 12. Um, so that, that would be the uh, one restriction still left out there to pay the price on. And if c Brown goes, I, do, I think you will see another win. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if they're a little bit patient to make sure that c Brown's definitely gone. But uh, you don't want to be caught empty-handed if both c Brown and Smith leads. And then you got yourself in a shorthanded situation on the wing because you start looking at the roster. You got Jack Clark, you got Casey Marcel. um, And then after that, you have Bouillon Pass, Jarkel Joinia, and L.J. Thomas, who are all 6'2", or six-one or sort of, um, yeah, it's not really your ideal situation. So, I think you definitely will should be targeting a wing, with the anticipation you're going to need one. Um, what
0: about what about Ernest Ross? Do you think he's going to remain in that front court rotation, or do you oh, think yeah. maybe this offseason he could he could maybe transfer over to to playing off the perimeter as a as a as a big wing?
1: Yeah, I think he. Personally, I think he's just got a lot of development left to do. That we, he lost time on the development clock too by breaking his ankle. Um, you know, he needs to develop where his skill set's best suited right now, and that's probably along the baseline and in, in the paint. Maybe occasionally shooting a three, but you know, he, at this point, you know, his game is going to be finishing at the rim using his athleticism. You know, I I've always thought the best case scenario for Ernie Frost is to be a, a taller, longer version of a CJ Leslie. Um, but he had a little bit more weight to go than CJ Leslie did out of out of high school. Um so I, I, I would have a hard time seeing Ernie Frost kinda of transition into so I think that's where you'll see and I have good reason to think that. That's where you will see it. Some focus is uh, making sure you get another wing with the anticipation that Darion Sebron will probably stay in the NBA draft and also not to be caught empty-handed if both Taquavion Smith and Darion Sebron stays in the NBA draft. So on the flip side of that, the numbers are shrinking in the portal. Guys are making decisions left and right. So when you say they're looking to bring in a wing, you have to kind of keeping checks your expectations of what's realistically available at this stage. You're not probably not talking about going out and getting a high quality, you know, Big South player year post player. You know, you're talking about a guy who maybe scored double digits at a smaller school um, who, you know, you think could play a, a complementary role for you this season. I mean, you just have to realize what's left in the transfer portal. Get that question in football a lot. Are they going to add anybody in the transfer portal between now and, season? and the season? In reality, is A, they're, they're right now they're trying to figure out to get the 85 scholarships for next year without adding any transfer portal addition. And B, from talking to sources, there's just not a lot in the transfer portal right now in football. I mean, what you had in football was a bunch of guys who left the point practice not happy with where they're sitting on the depth chart. It's not exactly your the pool you're you're, you're looking the fish from, um, when it comes to the transfer portal. So um, that's the kind of where where you get to in, in, in May, on the portal.
0: Well, we know a few things are for sure. The roster is going to be older than it was last season, with the yes. addition of the transfers and everybody that stayed is one year older. It's going to be a bigger roster, with you know some of these. Taller you know, taller players that you're getting from the transfer portal. And it might be a better defensive team with just some of the personnel that you're adding and and a few of the guys that were hurt last season becoming healthy over the offseason, being able to help you on the defensive end. It's gonna be really interesting to see what this Wolfpack squad looks like on the court, what their identity is going to become, because we've kind of expected more, I guess, offensive minded teams in the first the first few years of the Kevin Keats era. uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see this be more of a hard nosed defensive minded team that crashes the boards. And that's not something you would have said about NC state in these, you know, first few years, but you know, you add some size, you add some experience and, and the recipe of crashing the boards and playing good defense can be a winning formula. Just look at the Houston Cougars. I mean, there's nothing pretty about watching them play Except for the fact that they just put on the court a bunch of dudes that can crash the boards, play defense, and the other team is going to need an ice bath after the game.
1: And I would say this too. Let's say Quavon Smith does go pro. Um, You could look at a starting fiver Jar Kel Joyner, Casey Morcell, Jack Clark. This is total spitball, and it may not be the starting fiver. Greg Gantt and DJ Bones. Um, But not necessarily what I think the starting five would be. I'm just saying that that could be starting. And every single one of those guys would either be a fourth or fifth year player in college. And and what we have seen is, is, is unless you have the Duke incredible use of talent, it's generally better to be an experienced older team. You don't want to be in between, which is somewhat what NC State found themselves in last year. Kind of that in between, not, not exceptionally talented and not exceptionally old and experienced. They were in between, um, and that's not a good place to be. So you either want to be really old or really talented. And this team had the chance to be really old.
0: I like the sound of that. I like the sound of that. Uh, let's talk about football. I think we could start off. I've got a to top. I want to talk about the ACC division or the possible. Uh, you know. The, the league is deciding no more no more divisions no more atlantic division no more coastal division i want to talk about that but before we get into that let's talk about some of this off-season buzz surrounding the Wolfpack how are we feeling about this because i'm seeing a lot of way too early top 25 rankings come out the college you know the college beat riders that cover basketball and football it's getting into the late spring, early summer. They're looking for content ideas. And you know what the best content idea to deliver those clicks is? It's rankings. And I'm seeing a name that I don't normally see in these way too early top 25s. A lot higher than I'm used to seeing them for sure. It's NC State in a lot of top 10s in these early top 25 polls. Are not not polls rankings they're they're not a collection of polls it's it's one guy behind a computer saying here's what I think is going to be the top 25 heading into the offseason we'll see where NC State ends up when the polls end up coming out in the end of the summer but Matt what's your initial impression of seeing NC state I think I saw NC State as high as number six on the way too early top 25 on ESPN what do you what do you think about that?
1: yeah interesting <laughs> I mean I'll say this I told you before the podcast they certainly deserve it a lot more than UNC did last year and so for all the people who had particularly the local people and I'm not trying to call out people or to, you know talk poorly about people or anything like that I mean I'm just saying if you were a local person who knew the UNC roster very well last year and put them top tennis then I think you have an obligation to put into State top tennis because I think this NC State team has a far more credible case for being preseason top 10 than UNC did last year. Um, yeah, I also like, I don't, I know NC State's strengths and weaknesses. I have questions about this team. Uh, and that some areas I think this team is as good as I've ever seen an NC State team built. Um, so the question, you know, where that offset or what, but I don't know other teams that well, right? That's impossible. I mean, they, and that's the thing about these people who make these way too early top 25 lists. I saw one was a uh, USA today where they entry State went from unranked to number 10. I mean, they're clearly a guy who just was just spitballing there and then realized he missed one and put, put in. She, there's no reason why after spring and State made that big of an impression on you in a spring game um, to all of a sudden be top 10. So, and I saw our list, I think it was Dennis Dodd at CBS that didn't even have NC State in the top 25. That's silly. That just shows you're not doing your homework. So, yeah, it's impossible for anybody to know them that well. And with the other teams, I don't know well enough to say, oh, that team's underrated or this team's overrated. You just got to kind of take people's words for it. I think NC State's a legitimate top 15 team. That's not far from top 10. So I have no problems with, with, and I would say I would have a bigger problem if they were ranked below fifteen than if they were ranked top ten.
0: Fair, fair point. I mean, if we're using, if we're using the measuring stick as what the final 2022-23 season, you know, college football playoff rankings will be as as the parameters for how accurate these polls are. I mean, we're, we're talking about the outcomes of, you know, a handful of three or four games that truthfully could go either way. I mean, we're talking about the road game at Clemson and I'm seeing Clemson also in a lot of top 10 lists. Do they deserve that? Maybe. I mean, they've got, they've got a lot of talent on that team for sure. The defense certainly looked like a top 10 unit at the end of last season, and that's going to help them out. But, They've got a big question mark at quarterback. DJ Uyongalele, not a guarantee to be the. Uh, not a guarantee to, to be time.
1: the. That were, that were pretty well done rolling off your tongue.
0: I mean, I think I said it so many times last year that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, so, Dusan, sorry. I can say DJ Uyongalele because I had so much practice saying it, and I will get Dusan's last name especially by the time basketball season rolls around. He, give me re, give, give me reasons to say your name right, right? I can't yeah. wait to see it. Um but yeah, Clemson has a big question at starting quarterback. You know who doesn't? NC State. I mean, Devin Leary's getting a lot of attention this off season. We're seeing, you know, as soon as the as soon as the 2022 NFL draft ends, that just means that the early mock drafts for 2023 begin. And I'm seeing Leary's name on some of these first round, way too early, 2023. And this is a stacked quarterback class going into 2023 too. We talked about 2022 being a very weak quarterback class. Next year is going to be the opposite. So to see his name up there in the talks of a first round, among the likes of you know several quality, expected quality future NFL quarterbacks, I think it's what it's going to come down to is is NC State going to have a first round caliber future NFL quarterback type performance from Devin Leary this season. Um, you know, I don't, I, is that the expectation? Is it fair for that to be the expectation? I don't know. I think he's an, I think he's, he's taking that on head on. I think he understands that, you know, as far as he goes, I think this team will go because, you know, you lose a bam night and you lose uh, a Ricky person in the backfield I would think that it's going to be a more pass-heavy offense than what we saw last year, especially with some of the struggles that the run game had with those talented backs. Uh, you've got a very strong, young receiving core coming back. I mean, primarily the loss of Emeka Mezzi, his number one target last year, but basically everybody else coming back and a lot of great young talent in that room. And then you look at the defense, which going into last season was supposed to be, you know, a a top 10 top 15 unit was heavily injured last season and still ended the year as a strong top 15 top 20 unit nationwide. If the defensive side of the ball can stay healthy, it's not out of the question that NC state could be a top five top 10 caliber defense. Again, as long as it stays healthy. So if you've got a really strong defense and you have really strong play at quarterback, that's a winning formula in college football. And it's just going to come down to the outcomes of at Clemson, Wake Forest at home. Uh, UNC is going to be looking for revenge after what happened in carter Family Stadium last year. Not saying that they're going to be you know, a top 15 team, but but they've got a lot to prove this year. They're not going to be an easy out. And of course, there's always the juggernaut of, the ACC play I think NC State for it to to meet some of these expectations I don't think it's out of the out of line to say that they're gonna have to sweep the non-conference play they're gonna have to take care of business on a tough road uh, road opener against ECU I don't expect that to be an easy game but if NC State can go into that game and win comfortably like it probably should on a neutral field then you know That's going to give me reasons for encouragement. We don't know what we're going to get out of Texas Tech when the Red Raiders come to Carter-Finley Stadium, but I know NC State should be favored in that game. You'd like to think that NC State gets away with that one. The other two, uh, I'm drawing a blank on who the other two are, but they're not games that I think NC State fans should be concerned about. But yeah, it's going to come down to the outcomes of about three or four games, and that 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 makes the difference between uh, an eight and four season and an 11 and one regular season and if you're an 11 and one, then you are a top 10 team. Um, so I think the ceiling is as high as I can ever remember for an NC State team just in my lifetime at least I mean it, I don't I don't think it's out of the question to say that this NC State team could be a top 10. Team in the final college football playoff rankings at the end of next season. I, I I don't I don't think if you say that or if you're hoping for that that you're crazy. But I also wouldn't say that someone say you know this team could go eight and four this year, which would be a disappointing year. I also wouldn't say you're crazy. So that that's just the nature of college football. It's going to be exciting to see how it how it all unfolds. But here's the real kicker, Matt, because now this off we're talking about the ACC divisions. Going out the window, but that's not going to be this fall. That's going to be as early as next fall. But I keep hearing the three-three-five scheduling model, Matt. Three-five-five. Three-five-five. Excuse me. Okay, we're we're not talking about Tony Gibson's defensive scheme here. Okay, we're talking about yeah. ACC scheduling models, and based on what I've been able to see. The plans for the future for NC State, assuming all goes as planned at the ACC meetings that are happening right now, is that NC State would get UNC, Duke, and Wake Forest on an annual basis, and then they'd play five other ACC schools one year, and they'd play the other five the next year. Is, am I, am I uh, correct with that, and what are your thoughts on uh, on the, on the divisions going out the window?
1: Yeah, i pretty sure I heard Debbie Yao popping champagne <laughs> when you heard about their divisions going out the window. Oh, long overdue. I mean, it never... The, the, the argument that I once subscribed to, that everything was sick, you know, would go in cycles, uh, never happened. And I, I converted quickly into... And then I think some other people were much more... I'm not sure if some people ever did convert, but the reality is it was not cycling. Never was going to cycle this. This year was an past year was an exception, but um, the coastal just wasn't built to be. I mean, there's really when you look at the programs in the coastal. The reality is Virginia Tech was a Frank Beamer creation, and Miami hasn't been Miami for about twenty years now. So that's true. The teams that take the football uh, to a higher level have been teams in the. Atlantic, uh, this year the disparity could be as great as it's been in a while. Um, the Atlantic, uh, the uh, Coastal has some real question marks I know Miami does have upside. Uh, but real quick, because I know we got to hop off here soon. Uh, in terms of the three permanent partners, UNC and Wake, I think.
0: Oh, we lost Matt Carter. Hopefully he joins us. I'm sure he had a great point that he was going to raise we last i'm the lone man standing so i'm going to wrap up this podcast unless we get a call back from matt carter here uh but my initial thoughts on the scheduling model i think it's great obviously you play unc every year uh you play wake forest every year in the atlantic atlantic division round robin that all makes sense but i also think it makes sense for nc state to play duke every year that makes a whole lot of sense Because NC State shouldn't be playing the Blue Devils once every, what, six years right now? So, I would say this is good news for NC State fans. And I sure hope, my only hope is that this doesn't come into play next season. So, Matt Carter's calling me on the phone here. I'm going to explain that I've wrapped up this podcast, but... Quick reminders for the listeners at home, please remember to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you listen to us, Apple, Spotify, Google Play. We're also on YouTube. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give this video a thumbs up. Head over to thewolfpacker.com. Take advantage of the On3 deal. For just a dollar, you get a year's worth of premium service. And also, please go follow us on social media. You can follow the Wolfpacker's main account, at thewolfpacker, on Twitter. You can follow me personally at Justin H. Will on Twitter. And give us a like on Facebook, NC State Wolfpack on the Wolfpacker.com. More podcasts to come. I promise you folks, thank you for our loyal audience. And this has been, for Matt Carter, this is Justin Williams, and this has been the Wolfpacker Podcast